Welcome, and thank you for joining us on the Sandy Pars Podcast, your source for in-depth discussions about the world of golf for the amateur golfer. We're your hosts, Rennie Duran and Ryan Munoz. On this episode, we review Seascape Golf Course before diving into our open recap. Also, we check in on our bold predictions for 2021. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Find out after the break. Welcome back to the Sandy Pars Podcast. We're excited to be talking all things golf. I'm your host, Rennie Duran, joined by my co-host, Ryan Munoz. Hey, hey. Happy Shank Week. Happy Shank Week. <laughs> Let's get into it. We've got another major recap and another course review today, much like last week. Um, but instead of a recap, we got a preview. There's been a lot that's happened in the world of golf since we last spoke. Um, obviously, the completion of a major but before we get to that, let's lead off with our with our course review. Uh, last weekend, we played Seascape uh, in Aptos, California. It's a Santa Cruz staple when you're up there. Pretty good, pretty good layout. It's six thousand thirty four yards, par seventy one. Not a long course at all. Nope. Uh, designed in nineteen twenty six by Garrett and David Gill. Unaware of that. I tried to do a bunch of research on this on this place, and I was able to find like a message board from like 2008 that was talking about the progression of how this course was mm-hmm. de- developed. Um, it's kind of like my home course, so I should know more of the history of it, right. but uh, I, What's I wild, don't. What's wild is the record keeping from this is like somebody did the digging on this message board that I was reading. Uh, and one thing that I, that I have been asking for a long time is because... Um, at my my family's house down there, they have a baseball writers associate or baseball golf, golf writers, writers association placard up there uh, for my wife's grandfather, and it says Aptos Country Club, and it's in the seventies or something mm-hmm. like that. And so I keep I, I, every time I type in Aptos Country Club into Google, I, I, I Seascape comes up. I would imagine that's it, just because there's. I can't see the, where else you could put a golf course right. in Aptos, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so. And so one of the interesting thing I found out about this course was that it was a a post-war garden for like veterans to go walk around in. And then it was eventually purchased and repurposed back into a golf course like in the 50s or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it became a, what I believe it was Aptos Country, Country Club. Club. And since then, I, I think there was like another, you know, something that had happened either in the late 70s or 80s that turned it into the seascape that we know today. Uh, a lot of people play there when they go to Santa Cruz. There's De La Viega out there. There's we made our, our thoughts clear on De La Viega last so week. Those are your, your two big options when we're out there. Uh, you know, should we just dive into how we played? You yeah. Know, yeah. So I thought you played very well, sir. Uh, around under 80 out there is impressive. So I thought you drove the ball very well. Um, my dad played great. I played shout a, out Avery. Yep, yep. Shout out Abe. That was an awesome round. Um, I struggled. I've been. I said Happy Shank Week. It's been Shank Month for your boy here. <laughs> On and off. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually not that discouraged. I, I played the first six holes really well. Then I mm-hmm. ran into 
probably six through thirteen weren't very good for me, and then it's I ended wild up finishing. How that, how that just came out of nowhere too. It just it just came out of nowhere. You were playing just fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's it's. And then when it happens, then then it, it you can turns the whole listen to as everything. much Zen golf as you want. But uh, <laughs> when you hosel some, and for me, my my issue right now is it's not with like terribly longer clubs too. It's full swings with wedges that I seem to be off on for whatever reason. Why um, is why is the wedge? Why is the wedge the one that has the the worst shank, the worst possible shank? It's because it's so lofted. And I think because you you typically, you know, if you're hitting a wedge, especially on your second shot, you know, you're you've you've left yourself in a good position too. Yeah. So it's just even, you know, insult to injury that you just you just completely blew that. But um no, I th- I have positives from my round and and throughout this I've chipped and and played even I, I even hit good wedge shots when I wasn't uh, hosel rocking them. So, um, yeah, my round was up and down. My whole golf month has been up and down. Um, but I thought you guys played great, and it was it was I still had fun. I can't say that for Zen Golf, right? Probably a year ago, I would have thrown a club or fucking tried I to mean, break a club or something, and I didn't lose my cool at all. Um, I thought your short game was good. Uh, I thought that. You had some great tee shots. You had some great approach shots. It was just the, like you said, six through thirteen. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I think I three putted like three times out there, and those greens are insane. the The amount of funhouseness they have to them. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and there's some pretty tough pins. Those first, especially the first six holes. Yeah, because like, I mean, I mean, so on on hole one, I hit a. Shot. This is a this is a chip. That chip on one was ridiculous. (laughs) This this is a recurring theme uh, throughout the round, hitting really good shots into the green that go much further than I was anticipating. And yeah, I I guess that's just one of the side effects of starting to hit better contact. But I was over the green is is tough there. I was over. I was on the like the the just on the just barely into to the rough. I literally hit what I thought was even too soft of a little chip. And this thing, I thought it was going to die and stop three separate times. It hit it hit the rough, the very edge of the rough, rolled onto the fringe, and then this thing just kept matriculating, trundling down to the hole, and I was lucky enough to make the putt on the way back up. I feel a lot of those putts out there, there's very little straight ones, and three-footers out there, you have to give up the hole. And that's really something that, you know, our level of golfer is not used yeah, to. Yeah, it's tough. It's And sometimes uh, it's nice when you have a pin setter like like Avery. Shout out to, to Ave again when he worked yeah. out there. Yep. Um, that plays golf because he knows he's not – sometimes you there's certain spots and they, they get all mad out there with the flag coloring and stuff, right? But right. there's just certain greens that you can't put a front pin or a back pin. Right. Um, because it's just not going to work, right? There's really only one spot. If you, if you want to like play fit, not play fair, but like, I mean, I think of two, I hit a great wedge in, I ran, I hit a great birdie attempt. And then that thing just fell, almost rolled off the green. Right. And so it's, um, and so, yeah, but those greens are what protects that course. Um, they can be frustrating at times. I've played there. Like I said, this, this is kind of my home course. I've It's been 
my I didn't grow up in Aptos, but my parents have lived there for a long time now, and I, I I've only been playing golf for a handful of years, and so that was like my learning course, and um, I have a lot of good memories there. I definitely have some bad memories. Um, but you know what you're getting every time you go out there. It's pretty yeah. consistent. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the round, though, is is Avery's subtle jabs that he gives out there. You know. Oh, always. Whenever, so you know, whenever there's a good shot, because it turns out that he was trying to beat me all day long, and you don't realize that until you start hitting good shots, and he's like, "Oh, that's probably a downhill lie." <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I don't know, man. He told me he told me on that uh, that par three right next to the road. It was two and a half feet from the hole. My, probably my best par three. It, it was my best par three of the day. And he's telling me, that doesn't that look like Spieth's putt on, on, Friday, on, <laughs> on, on Friday? Doesn't that look like it? You know, doesn't? And it was hilarious. He is, uh, he is a master of he's that. He's a master of the mind games. Uh, so I really love it. But no, it was great having him out there. Uh, obviously, he's one of the, uh, the better guys that we play with. Shot an 84 um, and he and he was, left some shots out there. You absolutely, know? absolutely. So it was a great was round for him. Great round for him. So let's get into the review. All right. We got, as everybody knows, we got facilities, course conditions, and then course design and playability are three main uh, categories that we that we rate these courses. Facilities include bar, restaurant, practice practice facilities, putting green, driving range, things of that nature. What do you got? Uh, I love their facilities. They have a great bar and restaurant. Um, they've got an awesome little snack bar, and then they got the new range. They the redid new range the little was practice. Super nice. Yeah, you can't hit drivers there, but whatever. Well, it's whatever. You, it's um super nice. Brand new yep. mats, all new, totally redone. You can buy your balls down there by by the driving range. They have refreshments. And their, down their there. old range was janky as fuck. And too. you can drive the so, carts and park right there. Too. Carts right there. They got the little club stands and stuff. So it they is flattened a, out the, the range too with a more job pins. well done. Job well done. Totally agree. Totally agree. Practice uh, area is cool, right? They have that big practice screen and then they got the little chipping and bunker area yeah. right off to the side. So for uh, a tight little space there in Aptos, it's pretty great facilities. Not a lot of places have a, a a bunker that you can hit out of, so I really respect that. The last two places that we've played, Bodega and and Seascape here, have had uh, the the bunker to practice out of, and I think that's you know not not a lot of places have that. You can't put a lot of work in, and that's one thing that we pretty much just learn on course. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, the bar and restaurant there is awesome. We've gone there just to eat and drink without playing golf. So that mm -hmm. should tell you all you need to know. Yes. Uh, tons of room, full bar, TVs. Patio. You patio. can watch people finish up on 9 and 18 coming yep. in. It's awesome. Uh, no, you know, no bitching about that. They even have a nice little drive-through uh, snack shack there that, you know, makes getting a, something at the turn really easy. Um, let's see. What else? Yeah, you covered everything on the practice screen. Course conditions. I'll start with this one. So fairways and greens were in great shape, but the tee boxes were stump were, were awful. Yeah, I, I struggled finding. Avery put me on a clock because I was trying to find a flat spot where I my feet weren't below the ball or above the ball. Um, like the center, if the the centers of the of the tee boxes were kind of crowned, and then like 
a huge chunk was taken out of them. And that was for like the first like seven holes. Yeah. After that, they got was, a little better. It got they got better. So I'm not gonna knock them completely. For I that. think a lot of that has to do with the time of year, right? Too. Um, gets a little bit more rounds here in the summertime, which is people visiting Santa Cruz for sure. So you probably got some people that are taking some big chunks out. Of, as we saw, there's there's a lot of people big big, out there. big chunks out there. Divots that you hopefully aren't taking with your driver. Yep. Uh, but the, the fairways and greens, they were in great shape. Um, the, the greens were difficult. We'll get into that, into the, into the course design and playability. Uh, we kind of already touched on that a little bit, but they were, there was no dead spots. They weren't bumpy. They rolled really true, which made the difficult, you know, uh, uh, speed of the bunker or of the, of the greens, a little bit more tolerable because yeah. if you set it down the right line, you're going to be you know at least somewhere close. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. The, the fairways and greens have been great, uh, really, for the past like handful of years. They got a new greenskeeper and they changed ownership, and so they've done Ooh. a lot. They've done a lot of work on the fairways and greens. They've also cleared out a lot of of, of brush and like mm. kind of some some hazardy tree areas in between holes and stuff uh 17 13 so that that's awesome uh yeah the tee boxes stink like i said i think there's a little bit of time of year you got the bunkers on bunkers inconsistent and i agree with that but they're they're a lot better than they were last year they really stunk out there it was hard um yeah they, they seem to be kind of like it's, it, it it seems like they're putting some effort into their bunkers it and they're does. like in between, you know, having shit bunkers to actually go into some good sand. I feel like a, I, I had like four extra shots from the pin placement when we were playing out there being right behind those bunkers. Yeah. And, and I'm usually a decent bunker player. I didn't play. I haven't played good out of bunkers now for two straight weeks. So it's probably just me. It's a little heavy sand too, like yeah. uh, like Bodega. So that, that makes a little bit of sense. Um. Course design, playability. You want to take take that one first? Yeah, uh, I think it's so it's narrow at times, right? It's it's mm -hmm. in the kind of woody area. You can definitely find trouble, but overall, I think anyone can go out there, and you can be just visiting and kind of a hacker and go out there and get around. Um, right. Hopefully, you're not playing too slow. I thought the pace of play for us on Sunday was outstanding. It's outstanding. Um, we had a tournament in front of us, and we kind of thought that, that was going to be no issues at all. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you get out there a little later on a Saturday or Sunday. I've ran into some longer rounds, but no, I think it's 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 not very long, like you said. So where it gets its protection is just on on the hilly greens, yeah, and 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 terrain, right? So you got a lot right. of uphill shots, you got a lot of downhill shots. No blind shots, though. Nothing's really blind. Mm -hmm. um, if you can hit the ball straight, you should be fine. And you can putt well, you should be fine there. The only blind shots are the ones if you bomb it down the fairway, you might end up with a downhill lie, like Avery was saying. But unless you like really bomb it, then you'll, be, you'll have a nice flat yeah. shot, uh, wedge shot into the green. Um, I, I think I totally agree. I think anybody can go out there and have a great time and play. The The course is not long. The par fives are, are par fives in name only, I feel. Uh, mainly because they're a great ego boost. They're four, there's a couple of them that are 450 yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the course is a good job. 18 of, short. Yeah. And then there's obviously 10. 10 goes down. And what's the other one on the back nine too? Well, 13, you 13's a little tougher. It used to be a lot tougher. They cleared out a 
fuckload of trees. Okay. But that's the one where you hit the path and we're, we're way the fuck down. Yeah, there. I hit a drive. Now, you still hit a great drive to I, push I you to, I, to, I to get I smoked the drive, but it caught the center of the path and we could hear it from the from the tee box. And it it went in front of the people playing in front of us that were... That was probably a 400-yard drive. Oh, yeah, that was ridiculous. I had a wedge into the green because of that. Got incredibly lucky. But that's that's the nature of these par fives and why I think a lot of people would have... A, a great time playing them because 10 especially is like, is like when you bowl, when you go bowling oh, yeah. with the bumpers on and, and I feel like, I feel like, uh, was that 13? Uh, 13 is the same way because you have the, the steep hills in the right and the left. Yeah. And so if you hit it hard, if you hit a, if you get a hard shot and it goes right or left and it has some purpose behind it, it's going to catch that slope that, and, and work back towards and, the center. And they've cleared a lot of the left side of 13 out because it that, used that to be sense. trees, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they did that for kind of pace of play and, and for yeah. those very reasons. Um, yeah. But yeah, that used to be, 13 used to be a lot harder when all those trees were there mm-hmm. um, because it kind of forces your hand into, and you can see the design of why it's so short, it kind of forced your hand into playing not a driver off the tee on a par five. Yeah. I remember hitting a three wood into mm-hmm. that green at, at one point. Yeah. So apparently the play is aim for the cart path on the left and get lucky. Um, other than that, I think I totally agree with you. The greens are extremely difficult to putt on, and that's their that's the protection. There's a lot of break, but they hold. Yes, they you hit hold. you hit shots into them, and you can hit shots close. They they hold. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Uh, I, I was I was anticipating being frustrated or pissed off at those greens all day, and. They were difficult, but as long as if you're on a regulation, I feel like that's what kind of makes the course key. Yeah, key exactly. Um, Yeah, I know what to expect. I know those greens. Like I said, I've played countless rounds out there, Um, so I I I know just how those greens operate. Um, Not to sit, you'd think I can make some more putts, but that's they're hard putts to make. So uh, speed speed is very touchy. I mean, they can be fat. They're I mean, they were fast. Yeah, all, all day. behind, underneath the hole is where you want to be. Most and, con- and, and considering that the uh, that the course is in the woods, um, it's in the woods. It's it's always foggy in the morning, super dewy. You would think it'd be a lot a lot softer, but we were literally playing towards the end of the day, and this, when the sun would come out, the greens would just steam. Like yeah, that was nutty. Yeah. That was nutty. Um, you can see, I've never seen that out there before. That was nuts. I, I, I thought it was Avery's uh, shots out of the out of the dirt over there. <laughs> I know. We've been laughing. About that. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was. It was. It was the greens like breathing. It was. It was wild. Uh, I, I I had a great time. I had a great time playing out there. I think that that course is is so much better than than De La. I without agree. A doubt. Um, De La has a little bit of an advantage on the on the driving range, but I think that would be the only advantage I would give it. Hundred uh, percent. So what everyone's waiting for here, the McKenzies. What what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it three point seven five McKenzies. Ooh, I like that. So point uh, five above my Sharp Park score, um, and and if they cleared those tee boxes up. I would give it. I would gladly bump them up there. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what's holding back for me. Oh man, I'm in a, I'm in a conundrum here because I gave Bodega Harbor a three nine, and I like Seascape more, but Seascape just doesn't have the vistas that you can see. So I'm gonna have to give it. Yeah, no ocean. Although you can hear the ocean. I think I'm gonna give it a three. A three seven. All right, I like that. Three seven. That works. We're right right around each other there. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm just looking at the other the other scores that we have here, and that just makes total sense. It's right, it, you know, it's it's below Pacific Grove, uh, but just just behind Bodega. Um, overall, really fun course. It's obviously better than Sharp Park, but yeah, overall, really fun course. It's eighty. What it was it? Eighty bucks on a Sunday prime time. Prime yeah. time. Uh, again, great practice facilities. The range is uh, the balls at the range are cheap. Great times out there. On to more exciting golf. We had a major championship this week. The first open in two years. Defending champ Shane Lowry uh, at beautiful Royal St. George's. Um, great week in golf, like I just said. A lot of... Uh, I thought. I honestly thought that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday were very, very entertaining. Um, some of the major storylines that I that I thought were important was that way better what way better weather than than anticipated uh they had on Thursday I think the conditions weren't that great with some wind and all that but yeah. I think Friday Saturday and Sunday it was like sunny and pretty calm. incredible people yeah. out there in shorts uh hence the low scores low scores there's people guys out there topless I remember seeing a couple of dudes with their shirts off awesome having a good time another thing that I that obviously stands out from the weekend was Bryson's tantrum. Was that after Thursday or Friday? That was after Thursday. I thought so too. So, so after Thursday, it's well documented. Bryson goes on a tantrum saying the driver sucks. The face that they have designed for him stinks. They, he has been unhappy now for a while with, with Puma. Um, and I, I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts on that before I get into mine? Uh, this isn't the first time he's done this. Uh, so he's I, thrown Puma. I, I don't the bus before. Not Puma, but he, where he's just avoided saying that he's played poorly gotcha. um, and kind of owned it. Right? He even said he said it was bad luck at the U.S. Open yeah. that uh, caused the meltdown. It's like, dude, just admit, like you know, it's golf, bro. You played like shit. Uh, I almost bought it at the at the U.S. Open. He didn't even t- I almost so, bought it at the U.S. Dude, I this is a he's going down a bad uh, you know a slippery slope here. Not mm-hmm. doing uh, not doing a press conference at your main sponsors tournament when you play like shit and miss the cut and you have your your caddy leaves you yeah. the day before. Like that can't happen. Uh, if I was Rocket Mortgage, I would drop him right away from that. Yeah. If I was Cobra, I would have dropped him on Friday and gotten Brooks uh, hired and gave Brooks all the money to come over to Cobra on Friday afternoon. Yeah, um, I Brooks loves his driver. I uh, and he's playing fucking Strixons. Yeah, or whatever. No one even knows what he's playing. He's playing. He does have a sim a sim two driver. I know that. Okay, okay. I think he's out there. I think he is out there though, playing with Tommy Armors as in terms of, of clubs. So, uh, so this is uh, I, this is this is. I think Bryson's the new Patrick Reed uh, of the tour, and not in terms of cheating. Not in terms of cheating, but in just people not liking him. And this seems even kind of more warranted than they. Again, what's he it had take? an opportunity. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he had an opportunity with the whole with the whole Brooks Kepka thing. He could have won some fans over if he played that right. All he's but done is lost them. All he's done is lost them since then. With 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 the shit with the Rocket Mortgage sponsor. Uh, Calling out a uh, you know Puma, uh, not being a good sport and be, having any grace when you're not playing well, you know it reminds me of a, of a tennis player that goes out there and, and blames everything else instead of getting giving his opponent the respect that yeah. they deserve. You know what I mean? Um, he's going out there being a baby, and Puma called him out for being a baby. Kudos to them. 
Um, yeah, so I, I, I think Bryson don't sell shit for Puma. <laughs> it's all Ricky. Yep, Ricky. He he needs, <laughs> he needs so... to get with Ricky and just and just have like a summit where he, where Rick tells him like, look, you don't even have to win golf tournaments. But dude, you when has a golfer checks. done that? I know. I don't know. I can't recall. I mean, I'm sure it's happened in the past, but not in recent memory where they're just ready to bury a sponsor. I I kind of respect it because he's he's in the pursuit of. Uh, perfection and he's out there trying to be the best that he can be yeah but at, the, but at the same time like that shows such poor class well i mean and jt puts it in perspective it's like dude don't blame the equipment when you, you know of course you're, you're gonna hit the ball the 50 out of yeah. out of at 50 yards offline when your fucking club heads when club head speeds you know 130 or whatever that's a great point so it's you have a sponsor who's like, willing to push the envelope with you you're, they're doing things they're doing that, no, that no one's ever done. Everything they possibly can. Spending millions on R&D on top of whatever the fuck they're paying you. And they're not even the biggest selling clubs on tour. And you have the balls to go out there and say, like, fuck these guys. I'm glad, they, I'm glad that they responded the way they did. Yeah, I'm glad to see JT call them out like that, too. Because, dude, other guys can swing fast. Fino, yeah. can, Fino can get 200 ball speed. Yep. They just, there's a reason they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I totally agree. I think the same, uh, God, and, and then Brooks just capitalizes on it, makes makes fun of it, uh, posts I mean, a couple of things on social media. Ultimate cool guy, and just yeah, and and for 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 Bryson to have that post where he said living rent free, who the fuck is living rent free now? Yeah, uh, Brooks seems just fine finishing in another top 10, playing really fucking well at another major. I thought meanwhile, he was poised. He had a bad day Saturday, played great on Sunday. Still meanwhile, you're there. bitching about your about about your sponsor. You should be thankful you have one. Um, there was another tantrum, probably the the best tantrum on on the, on the course. M multiple tantrums, yes. actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and what's funny about this is, is uh, this golfer, Terrell Haddon, he doesn't shy away from being an angry golfer. He makes fun of himself all the time. He's the most self-deprecating golfer, I it's think, on awesome. tour. It's awesome. I love And I think that makes the, his meltdown <laughs> even better. I don't even think the guy that he flipped off was mad. when he No, no, <laughs> no. I, 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 actually, I actually like Terrell Haddon. I do, too. Look, I know it's not the golfing way... Um, but whatever. I think if you're a pro and you break a club over your leg, that's a little different than me who sucks breaking a club over my leg. So, it, reminded, it reminded me of uh, uh, Johnny Drama out there fucking <laughs> break, <laughs> breaking his driver. I, he emphatically broke the club. Then I, I, I couldn't tell what was told to him, but I love it. Just it's not golf, having it's a not rough golf etiquette to, to be heckling these golfers either. He's supposed to be well, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a Brit himself. He said, yeah. fuck this guy. I'm just going to flip him the bird. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, what else we got um, other than the main storyline here? Uh, Phil shot an 80. Defending PGA champion yeah. shoots an 80. That's always nice to see a pro, um, someone that just won a major championship yeah. a mere month and a half ago. Uh, that that you know their game falls apart and and they're posting an eighty in a major championship. I even said uh, in our last podcast, does he have a chance at, at winning this? Because he, Kiowa was a, a Lynx style court uh, cor course quote end quote. Um, is he going to go out there and play really well? No, <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. did not. He did not. He that had, would he be a miss cut. He played better on, on Friday, but nonetheless, Whatever. the 80s going to, uh, yeah. But like I said, it's nice to, you know, see that a pro can also 
go, you know, 15 shots over where they theoretically should be. Uh, we we got to talk about Colin Murakawa, and I got some really I got some really good questions for you here that I've been dying to ask you since the tournament ended. All right, I'm gonna go one before we go into segues us into Murakawa. I'm gonna say I got to give shout out to the BBC Live Five crew. Uh, I I listened to more of this tournament than I did watch it. Just with and where work can you find and, them? Uh, you can find them just that, I think that's BBC Live Five. You put that in. That's their sports station. They're on, they're on they're local, but I listened to them. It was on PGA Radio on Sirius. Okay, but. Normally they have PGA Radio has their own crew through COVID wise they didn't Is send it like them. online you can they find didn't send them? them on there yeah you can go to their website it's okay. just like you know the local crew gotcha. um, they they were awesome on the radio uh, it's a handful I can't I, I was trying to find all the guys I couldn't figure them out but it's you know a couple Brits on there two two Scotsmen a couple Irishmen there. Fucking incredible calling golf. They call it great. Their their accents are awesome when you're listening to the open and their their witty, dry humor throughout <laughs> and just going back and forth to each other is entertaining. So entertaining. I I I, I actually I started listening to them on Thursday and that was my preferred means of getting getting my my open championship in uh after having listened to them. Uh excellent. I was actually able to listen to some of that with you uh, when we were actually playing on at Seascape, and I can totally agree. It was it was excellent coverage. Colin very, very entertaining how they say the names, call settles the shots. In, settles into his posture. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> when they go to the whisper and it's the Scot, it's it's the it's the Scotsman. It's fucking just gold. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, Morikawa. I, I gotta say, you know, Thursday, Friday, he he had he had himself in good position. I watched him really closely on Saturday, Saturday morning, and he came out of the out of the gate hitting bunker after bunker after bunker, mm -hmm. and he didn't let it kill him, which is incredible out there because the bunkers are yep devastating. How many shots did we see guys playing laterally or backwards? backwards yep, multiple. Molinari missed the cut, hurt himself out there. Trying to get out of a goddamn bunker. That was brutal. Uh, but I got to say, it was really, really fun watching him navigate that on Saturday and then just close the door. Striping on, irons. On Sunday. No bogeys in his last 31 holes. It started really on the back nine Saturday. It did. He was, he was in a fucking incredible zone um, with his iron shots. Stripe show. Putter was not, it, it was strong. It wasn't like, oh, he's getting along, he's getting along. It, it, it really reminded me of when he won the PGA Championship, when he was making putts, and he was... It was interesting, he went claw grip, close putts, and long lag putts, he was putting traditional. That's what uh, Phil does, right? Doesn't he change up his grip, yeah. depending on the length of the putt? Um, Can you imagine that now, that's going to be a new thing, that now guys are going to have to use two putter fucking grips... Out there to, just to just to compete with other people. I mean, I, I I have barely one grip that I can actually call a successful putting grip. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to your point, I I thought he was. That's where I thought he was going to struggle. Um, was putting the ball this week, and that that proved to not be a, a detriment, but but an asset to his game. 
And it's much easier to putt when you fucking stripe irons into giving yourself, you know, great putts and, and to exactly where you want right. to hit into these these greens. Where so. two putt where two putts are very, very manageable yeah. versus if you just barely get on the green or if you miss the green entirely and you have to try to one putt off of a chip. Yeah. I thought one thing that I really noticed after the after the all was said and done. They went to his coach, his swing coach, and his swing coach was talking about how what he teaches, and he teaches fl that flow follows focus. And I feel this is really relevant in that what we've been talking about lately is being stronger mentally when we play golf um, and setting up and establishing a pre-shot routine. Mm -hmm. And his coach said that the pre-shot routine helps with uh, focus, uh, on all these shots and that's exactly what we've been reading what we've been listening to it seems that the the same few tips or viewpoints or whatever you want to call them keep resurfacing every time that we look into this and, and start to learn more about the mental game so that that was one thing that really resonated with me because of how well he played on sunday he was absolutely nails he yeah. At no point, I mean, no, there were several opportunities he had to drop a shot and he and he did Didn't not. Didn't drop a single shot. So I thought that was, Spieth played great. He absolutely could have won that tournament if Colin would have uh, faltered at all, but he just didn't. Yeah. And to that point, uh, Louis, I thought, played decent. He didn't have his best stuff on Sunday, but uh, this is now... A thing for him in i mean mm. man you think of all the seconds fit place finishes in majors I he's know. had he's run up against some buzz saws like bubba at the masters and stuff mm -hmm. like that but i mean dude he was in it on sunday at the last u.s open he's right there it, I, I i don't think he went out and you know and, and totally blew this tournament but you know he plays a decent round sunday he's got a chance to get into a playoff or something um and he just kind of never really had it on sunday I think I, I think it's a little bit inside his head. I completely agree because when you watch him play Thursday through Saturday, there was no signs that he was going to shoot over par on on Sunday, and he went out there and some shots were just they came out of nowhere. Yeah, and you have to think that that's mental. You have to think that the pressure is mounting on him that he's thinking about finishing strong. He even said so much. Uh, in the interview on Saturday, yep, yep. that he was going to go out there and play and play strong and and, and finish. Um, yeah, that how he's was capable. Sign that I should have hedged. I wanted to and should have. Um, but yeah, I I think that's a thing for uh, one Mister Louis Oosthuizen here right now. Unfortunately, um, like again, it's not like he went out there and shot five over and totally no. blew the tournament, but. Uh, certainly there was there was opportunities he could have like i said if he shoots two under he probably he, he's he's in a playoff or about to close to forcing a playoff um yeah. and so it's just uh, uh hopefully he wins a, a major next year i, I mean I'm, he deserves to he, he plays great he's got one of the best swings in golf if i can if i can imitate one swing you know it'd be, it'd be between him and one other person and i think that it's a shame that he can't close these out because he he definitely is a good enough golfer uh, to have won multiple majors. Yeah, maybe maybe he's just not a great one. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Uh, speaking of, you know, blowing a tournament if you want to call it that, or necessarily not going out and winning one, we have our Watsons and Vanderbilts that we need to check in. Um, I do want to give you a shout out here 
because uh, I did look up historically our Nicholases and Normans. And you did have one Norman that won previously, which was Hideki. And that was kind of a spiteful, yep, yep, spiteful yep. Uh, Norman. Uh, but you did have a Nicholas that won. So I think those cancel out. You had Rom as a Nicholas for the U.S. Open, yes. and he went out there and won. Won so it. I don't want you to beat yourself up over that, but it is pretty funny that you have picked two Normans. I'm sorry. Yeah, two Normans one, slash one, Vandevilles. Yep. That Same have actually, category. That have, that have come out to actually win the tournament. Incredible. Absolutely. It is It is quite incredible. Like you said, Hideke was more of a spite pick because I was tired of betting on him and losing. Um right. I you know I just didn't think Morikawa was going to putt very well. I knew he changed his iron, so that didn't seem like that. You know, it turns out that was a great move. Great um, move. But whatever, you know, I'm playing odds and and just as easy as as hard as it is to pick who's going to win a golf tournament, it's hard to figure out who's going to not play and perform very well. Um, but shout out to Morikawa, he played great. He did. Uh, it obviously sucked for me. I had pl- I had Louis to win it at plus thirty three hundred, so I was pulling for Louis the whole time. Um, but I could tell on Saturday from listening to it on my way into Santa Cruz um, that Louie was getting loose and Morikawa was entering the zone. And at that point, I, I knew I, I should have hedged, but I'll just say it, hedging's for pussies. Um, what it fun is. is that to hedge your bet out? Come on, I want to I let that shit ride and, 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 uh, and go with it from there. So um, The reason I brought up Rom, though, as a, as a pick that you actually hit on in terms of a, of a Nicholas or a uh, Watson for that matter. Um, because I, I've identified Rom and Morikawa as probably two of the younger guys that have the opportunity now to win multiple majors. Obviously Morikawa has, but Rom's now number one in the world. Uh, won a couple of times this year, would have won three times this year without the, the COVID incident. Yep. Uh, but I, I got to ask you a couple of questions if you don't mind. All right. Um, first we'll start with Colin Morikawa over under four and a half majors. Uh, he's only 24 years old, so I'm going to say over and I'm willing to bet that with pretty good confidence. Um, because his, uh, because I think the, with how good of an iron player he is, I feel like he's got himself a chance in pretty much every tournament with with you know his his A game may not be the A game level of like DJ when DJ's on mm-hmm. right cuz when I think we when you know when DJ's on fucking you better be shooting like 20 under par if you want to catch him right Yep but DJ's not nearly as consistent as I find Morikawa to be if that makes sense mm-hmm. so uh you know I I yeah I I I don't see and you can only imagine, you can only think that he's going to become a better putter as he moves along as well. So, yeah. I I thought about that a lot, and it's it's really easy because you look at Spieth, right? Look how many majors that Spieth won mm-hmm. at such a young age. And for the last couple of years, you look at him like, damn, will he ever win another one? Thankfully, you know he's turned it around this year, and it's very easy to see him winning another one now in the future. But, you know, Morikawa could go through something like that. Um, the one thing I totally agree with you on, I think it's going to be over. His 
iron statistics are next level. Yeah. They are so far and above everybody else that it's like, it's not just like, oh, you That's what I'm saying. He's going to be, he's, he's got a chance almost in every tournament. He does. Uh, so I, I would totally agree. Um, but you look at Rom too. Rom is a guy who's constantly uh, contending in, in every tournament. There isn't a course that he goes out there and plays where he's terrible. Um, obviously, won his first major this year. Played a great Sunday on Sunday as well. He did. He can't. He, yeah, he played fantastic. Do you think? Who do you think wins more majors between John Rahm and Colin Morikawa? Colin Morikawa. I think Colin Morikawa is more level-headed, and uh, do you think that Rahm will ever shake that? That I thought he did, but he had signs of uh, getting a little hot-headed here this this last tournament. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's definitely improved, but to me, I think that's just part of his personality too. Yeah. Is he's a fiery guy, and Morikawa seems to have a, just kind of a much more laid back demeanor. Obviously, we don't know these guys on a personal level, right. so. Um, but but from what I see in the public eye, um, I think that's just you know a little bit part of in, in Rom's blood. Excellent. In twenty twenty one, what was the most exciting major? U.S. Open. In the U.S. Open? Yeah. Um, rank them one through four. What was number one, two, three, and four? U.S. Open, PGA Championship, because I, I don't think you can discount what Phil did, how impressive that is. Mm -hmm. um, arguably just as impressive as Tiger winning the Masters. Right. Um, so that's number two. The U.S. Open is number one just because we had such a jam-packed leaderboard on right. Sunday. That was and, and, fantastic and Sunday. people falling apart. Rom taking that tournament. Taking it. So that's number one. Um, and then I'm going to put... Uh, I don't know. They've ma the Masters and the British or in the Open just kind of fall. They're... they're Right by each other. In they kind three of finished and four. the same, didn't they? Kind of uneventful. Yeah, yeah. Just the leader not kind what of kept I, the lead. Not what I wanted. Right. We didn't get the weather that we want. You didn't. You didn't get yeah. true open conditions at the open, and we kind of didn't really have true Masters conditions on the first two days of the Masters either, due to some rain. Yes. Right. The course played super soft, so everyone was going low. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just say the Open, or I'll just say the Masters number three, just because it's the Masters. Yeah, and then Open number four. I I'm very close to that. I'm gonna go with the PGA Championship number one. All right, and here's why: we're gonna be talking about that one for a long, long time because Phil winning it at the age of fifty. Yeah. This could be one of many for Colin Marikawa, so it could be. You know, the open might be one that's kind of, you know, kind of forgot, not necessarily forgotten, but yeah. know, no one's gonna be like, oh my God, you remember that open? With yeah. Tom, you know, nothing um, really happened on Sunday, right? Aside from him playing stellar golf and just right. being a machine yeah. out there. Yeah. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go PGA Championship, US Open, the Masters, and then the Open. No I open. think, I think we can all agree that this, this, uh, this last one wasn't as, uh, Exciting as the others, and that's because you're comparing them against other majors, and that's not not a not a knock towards how exciting the last week was in golf. No, no, not at all. But I just think that Phil, 
I mean, they're going to put that stat up every time an old an old timer goes up there. In yeah. A major. Like, oh, this is going to be the, you know, could he break Phil Mickelson's record? Can he, you know, win at the age of, you know, 51? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that that one's going to be transcendent across years um, as we go forward. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, I think that's really all I had on the stack rankings there. Cool. But so f- checking in on the rest of our Watsons and Vandervelds, um, I had for my Watsons, I had Brooks, Rory, and JT. Yep. Only one that did top 10 was Brooks. Rory and JT, both in the 40s. Yeah, I had J- I had Roars, and then I had Patrick Reed, who missed the cut. Oh, Reed missed the cut. Damn. Uh, and I think from here on out, the rest of the season, I'm just going to fade Rory and JT. Uh I like JT. I was we'll get into some JT talk here in a minute, but I really do think that uh until further notice, those guys have something to prove. Um I'll probably bet on Roy for the Olympics. That might be a good one. Uh then my Vandevelds. DJ, Xander, and Bryson. Bryson's a good one, a good Vandeveld because he might have, you know, he risked losing a goddamn sponsor. Um DJ had a rough Saturday, but still played really, really well on Sunday. Yeah. An incredible round on Sunday to finish. And clearly two. didn't have his best game yeah. throughout the entire week either. I think that's a guy that's that everyone's sleeping on. I think he's probably gonna was, turn, he's gonna turn it back on. Well, I said when he's on, you know, yeah. like in his his game his A game is so much leaps and bounds ahead of other people's. I would agree. Most of basically everyone in the world. Uh yeah. Yeah, he just lost the world number one to to Rom yeah. uh, as a result of this tournament, and he finished tied for eighth, which is crazy. That, I mean, that's a testament to how well Rom's played. Uh, so I had Morikawa who won, obviously as a Vanderbilt, um, and then Bryson, and I forgot where Finau finished. Somewhere he had a decent finish. He was nowhere in contention. Um, one day Finau. One day, one day. Um, and then you had Brooks. And Rory, oh yeah, you yeah, yeah, covered yeah. that. Yep. So for our bets, uh, all my bets lost. I was hoping Louis would have cashed. That stunk. Like I said, I should have. Damn, you were so close to hitting. That. Uh, I should have um, hedged that out, but whatever. Uh, the bad beat for me was my Chesco bet. That on Thursday, that top twenty was looking so clean, and then he hit into that fucking pot bunker. And uh, and uh, quad bogeyed that hole, and that just for that was he, then he was out of the cut, hurt himself, a, like you said. Yep. Um, and that was that was all she wrote. Stewart Sink was also another bad beat. If you had him top ten, top twenty, he was in the top five on the start of the round on Friday, and I think he went out and posted like a seventy eight on Friday. Oh my god! Uh. Not I didn't bet, I didn't make that bet, but uh, yeah. So all my other bets, Bizaden who. So so, Poulter tied twenty. Reed. Uh, I mean, there was the one point I was looking at that. If you if you found yourself a South African to bet upon, you were looking really good. If you, I wonder what the odds would have been if there are odds makers on country being in the top ten because it would be even even odds if you put South Africa. Yeah, those guys play links courses really really well. I only hit one bet. Scotty Scheffler plus four hundred. Uh, I also was going to bet Hovland to win at plus 3,300, but I, I must not have put it on the board and forgot to do it. So I came out as a net positive on the week. 
um, one unit of net positivity. But other than that, nothing. I had Fleetwood tied for 33rd, um, and then Bryson also T33. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, we're not perfect at our picks. Well, I think betting that, golf's hard. Yeah, betting golf is hard. And I think this is a good point in time to check in on our bold predictions that we had earlier in the year. So, um, obviously, we reviewed our picks from earlier this season on what we expected for the 2020, 2021 year. Uh, some things that I was looking forward to was uh, what we were both looking forward to was just please give us some fans. We actually didn't get that until just before April, right? Because they, they allowed a little bit of fans at the Masters, if I can recall yes. correctly. In our in that episode, I said I'm trying we're trying to go to the ladies US Open. Here That's in right. City. And and we actually we, we did. We so actually that did. was yes. Uh so that was that was one major win uh for us. For all. Yes, for all. Um I'll go ahead and take the shame first. I predicted that Wolf and Hovland would both win a major uh, this season, which they did not. And I also predicted they would have big years. Now, the Wolf pick was a complete miss. Uh, he had a terrible year. Um, and that's no, you know, no fault of his own. He went through some mental, you know, had some mental issues in terms of the mental game. Came back, gave us a strong performance in the U.S. Open. He did, so, and so. he was hurt, and he was hurt. So he had an injury that he worked through. So that's, you know, not to say that he's uh, not going to have a big year next year or not, you know, on the rise again. Um, I think that I did hit with the Hovland pick. Uh, he had a great season. Tons of top tens, no, no wins on PGA, but won some Euro events. He did. He's up there for the FedEx, so we'll have to see how he does with that. Um, and then I also picked JT to have his biggest year yet, which he won the players, but I everything think, kind of fell apart after the players. Yeah. It fell apart after the players. He had the scandal at the beginning of the year where he dropped some language that, uh, is inappropriate. That's how you lose a sponsor like Ralph Lauren, um, came back from that, apologized, owned up to it like a man. Um, then came back, take notes, Bryson, take notes, Bryson. Uh, came back and won the players. You could tell he really he was really uh, emotional about winning that player players after that scandal, and it kind of seemed like you know that that's been, that was already a long year. Also for lost him. his grandpa throughout the, his grandpa. The, the season. Um, Very true. So ag agreed. So at that point, he'd already had a long year. Yeah, months ago. Um, and then lastly, said Morikawa would, would win another major. Um, and I also said he's probably one to two years from dominance. So uh, Murakawa winning another major, correct about that. Boom. It might be, I might be wrong about the one to two years. I think that he might be arriving right now. Number one in FedEx Cup points, going to the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, who's got it better than him? What you got? Uh, so my only real big prediction was uh, just that I, I had a big year for Roars. I said he would win two majors. That He didn't even come close to that. I mean, he was close in the U.S. Open. He did win a tournament. Uh, I just, I hinted, I'm, I think I'm going to bet on him in the Olympics just after listening to what he kind of said today. Um, so I think it could still be a, a decent year and a, a good year for Rory. Um, but, 
Yeah, no, no uh, two majors for him. And then my other thing that I looked forward to was just, just like you touched on, kind of seeing how the youngsters play out and play with fans. So guys like Morikawa, Hovland, Scheffler, Wolf, all these guys that were in their rookie season last year. Um, and it's very clear that Colin Morikawa is a, a cut above all of the rest of those guys. I don't even consider him a young, a young buck anymore he seems so mature with all, how he goes about it how he goes out there and plays yeah. um one thing i almost forgot i predicted jordan Spieth's season this year i even said he would be you said he would win a major i said i said he i said he would definitely win another tournament he definitely season. did he definitely did and he did he was in contention for most of the majors too this year i think he'll win a major next year i mean he's I right, would say probably the masters if right I back in it Right back in it, and uh, I feel like I was on the cutting edge of this of the Spieth come up. Definitely on the rise for that one. So pat myself on the back. Good year for us, though, in terms of our picks, uh, our bold predictions. I think you were right. the The youngsters really rose to the top. There was a lot more. Um, I think I think I was big on 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 Jocko Neiman too. He didn't yep. really do too much. Abraham Answer I was big on. Uh, didn't do too much. They're obviously great golfers, uh, good golfers. Um, There's a lot of good guys on tour. Yeah, it's very competitive out there this year. All right. Next, we got the LPGA, another major. Fifth major. I mean, geez, dude, we got majors every week, it seems like, during the summertime. Um, Evian Championship out there in France. So this is their – this is essentially their – Open, they're Brit- not, It's not their British Open, but it's their. Well, they open. but they have the they'll have the Open after the Olympics as gotcha. well. So that's the remaining major for gotcha. them. Gotcha. So they have, they um, have so two this majors abroad. Four, yeah. So this was initially just a Euro Tour major, mm. and then it became like a joint, uh, what they they call co-sanctioned major in two thousand. Awesome. Whereas the Euro Tour and LPGA Tour, um, dude, this course is sick. It's 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 right on Lake something I don't know but the fucking Alps are in the background. Uh, it's got a lot of elevation change, island green. Most a lot of people compare it to kind of sawgrass in its style. Mm. Um, so it should be fun to to watch here this weekend. Sixty five hundred yards, par seventy one. Will that be something like it'll be on like during the middle of the night, just like the the open ones? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so you get and you'll get some morning time. I think it finish. I think the final round will be Sunday morning on NBC, uh, like like nine or something like that. Same kind of like you said, same same schedule as the open. Um, excellent. Good uh, field. I some some six. people are out right uh, mm-hmm. with the Olympics being a week away. So like Yukasaso, no Lexi, like I said, but. Pretty much the full field of uh, LPGA studs. Uh, who are your picks? My picks. I'm betting Jin Young Ko. These bets are already placed too. So Jin Young Ko, former champion here, former world number one. She's gunning for Nelly um, at plus one thousand. I also bet Nelly just because I always bet the Can you do top tens? No. Um, LPGA betting needs to get better. I couldn't even find matchups for this. I'm hoping to find some matchups tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I took Jin Young Ko plus 1,000, Patty T at plus 2,200 2, to win. Um, Patty T's a fucking star. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see her dominate this course. 
again, once again, so you and you guy. So I'll, I'll, I'll so you and I'll always bet you plus twenty five hundred. <laughs> and then uh, how about this one? It's the season of the quarters. Jess gets a W abroad plus thirty three hundred. That'd be awesome. If that would be back. awesome if they won back to back fucking majors. That would be uh, yeah. That would be an incredible, huge storyline. Uh, what a yeah. Oh man, I hope that happens. I know we'll be up late on Saturday night watching this. We'll be watching <laughs> this. We're we'll watching this live. No tape delay. Please don't give us none of that bullshit. Um, what else? What else you got for the LPGA? That's uh, that's pretty much it. They'll go into a little little downtime uh, for the Olympics, and then they'll be back abroad for the Open, and then we buy we have both. We have Ryder Cup and then Solheim Cup, which is the uh, akin to Ryder Cup for the LPGA. They've been calling this like the super, the super season. Yeah, for golf, pretty it's, awesome. This is um, awesome, pretty and awesome. It's been we. I feel like we picked a great time to start a golf podcast with all these tournaments. Um, yep. kind of ramping up from COVID, everything being kind of dead. I'm really looking forward to the Olympics for both the men and women. I'm looking forward to uh, the Ryder Cup, the Solheim Cup. That's going to be, you know, uh, must see TV. We will definitely have a special for both of those. Yeah, I mean, I think even next week, perhaps a little preview to yeah. the two, kind of where people are standing. Definitely. Uh, actually, that's what we should do because I think most of the Ryder Cup and uh, and Solheim stuff will be fairly set in stone. Um, but right. we have a good idea of kind of who's who will be making the teams, minus the captain's picks, obviously. Yep. And then other than that, we have a round at, at TBC Harding Park, our local our local gem of a golf course. Uh, I can't wait to, to go some, play some golf. Can't wait to talk to some Olympics, Ryder Cup next week. Um, as always, man, it's a pleasure. Yes. Yes, indeed. That does it for this episode of the Sandy Pars Podcast. We want to thank you all for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast content. Join us next week as we preview the Olympics, check in on the Ryder Cup standings, and look ahead to the Solheim Cup. Lastly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sandy Pars Golf and visit our website, sandypars.com, for a full library of podcasts and additional golf content like course reviews, reading guides, and more. Special thanks to our producer, Ryan Thiessen, and until next time, hit him straight.